Hi, my name is Ava, and this is your Truth For Your 20s podcast with Mama. Peace. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. My name is Katie, and I am your host. Today, we have with me my friend, Nyla. Nyla is from Canada, our neighbors to the north here, and she has an incredible business called Nutrition with Nyla. And I love the way she talks about self-worth, body image, not eating with restrictions, but just listening to your body and the cues that it gives us. She has a lot of incredible stuff to say. So welcome to the podcast, Nyla. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is so weird hearing your you say my name because I'm so used to just hearing you in my like earphones on a podcast. So it's so crazy having a conversation with you. So this is awesome. Oh, thanks for being a listener for the Truth For Your 20s. And I love just when our community can also become our guest. How fun is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so tell me about what you're doing from the day to day, I know that you have an incredible company called Nutrition with Nyla, like what you do now. And then I'd love to know kind of how you got there. Yeah. So I love alliteration. So that's why it's Nutrition with Nyla. And I love like dad jokes and like puns and stuff like that. So I wanted to add that into my business, kind of make it nice and fun and perky like me. And yeah, I coach clients all over the world, one-on-one, just over the phone um, on how to heal their relationship with food and exercise and body image. And I do it from an intuitive eating perspective and through a Christian and an Enneagram perspective as well. And um, yeah, so it's mostly one-on-one work that I do. And I also just started a podcast. So I do some coaching kind of through the podcast world and do lots of stuff on Instagram, teaching people, just um, just sharing things that I've learned over the years. Because I, in college and even high school and even as early as elementary school, I really struggled with um, body image issues and Um, just I developed eating disorders like anorexia and there was some binge eating in there and orthorexia which is an obsession with health and so I just really want to be a resource that the younger Nyla really desperately needed and I just feel like God's calling me to just yeah just share with people that there's a freedom waiting for you you don't have to be um, chained by food struggles you don't have to think about food or your body 24 7 it can it can kind of just be a secondary thing and um yeah it doesn't have to control and consume your life or you don't have to be obsessed with obsessed with your body like i once was so yeah i'm just all about freedom and just helping people find that food freedom and um just bringing back flexibility and joy with exercise and and food. And um, yeah, I just love what I do. I love it too. Oh my gosh. You're the, I always say to my passion is to be who I needed when I was younger. And you're basically doing that as it relates to nutrition and food. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's that quote, like your mess becomes your message and you're just, when you have a personal tie to it, you're so passionate about it and people can tell that. And, and if you've been where they are currently now, it gives them such hope like, oh, she got through that. She's not the way she used to be. Like maybe I don't have to stay where I am. And I I love telling my quotes or telling not my quotes, telling my clients this quote that your current situation, it doesn't have to be your final destination. You don't have to stay where you are. Like any food story can change. Anything's possible with God. So. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm loving everything you're saying. I'm like, I want it all on a t-shirt. Okay. (laughs) So you said you Obviously, this your mess is your message now, and so you came from walking through unhealthy relationships as it relates to food and exercise and all of that. So, tell me about your your struggle with all of that. 
Yeah, when I think about where it all began, I, I really think it's powerful to find our origin stories of like beliefs that we have or struggles that we have. We didn't just, we weren't born with them. So something triggered it. And I can think back to a moment in grade three when there was a boy that I really had a crush on. And then he he found out that I had a crush on him. And he said, like, ew, like you you look you're he said you look bludgy and and I think that meant like you're you look fat or you look ugly I think that was like his made up way of saying that whatever that meant to him it was not good cuz he scrunched up his face and was like ew you like me and so then in that moment I kind of learned that your looks determine your lovability I wrongfully learned that and so I thought I'm never in grade 3 I remember thinking I'm never going to have someone look at me that way because of my looks cuz I hate the way that felt and then it just, it slowly over time developed into an eating disorder. And I lost like um, a ton of weight very quickly from just not eating. I was just eating very little. And I thought the less I eat, the better I am, like the more, like the better I am, the more worth I have. And it, um, yeah, just, I don't know, relationships were struggling because I was just so consumed with like counting my calories. And um, this was probably in high school when it became like a really full blown um, eating disorder then. And I just wasn't happy. And and it was crazy because I heard some girls in the locker room, um, we were changing out of our gym clothes. And I remember I heard a few of these girls whispering like, do you see how skinny Nyla is? And they were snickering. And it was like, wait, before I was too big and now I'm too little. Like, I, what do people want? And, and later on in, in university, I learned like, you know what? Like, my looks don't determine my lovability. God just loves me because I'm his kid. And it was just such a, I don't know, just so, I wish I could go back and tell my grade three self that, just hug her and be like, that boy is stupid. Boys think and say stupid things. Like, what does God say about you? And so, yeah, it just, I, it took a long time to learn some of those les lessons and about your body and your worth, but um. Yeah, and it's just so much better now that I don't believe what I used to because I used to work out for like five hours a day, no joke, because I thought the, wow. the more I exercise, like the better I am because people praise exercise. So then I was like, and I'm an Enneagram three, so I want like to be successful. So I'm like, I got to look the right way. I got to exercise like quote unquote the right way to get more people's like praise. And I was just so praise hungry of people. And now I'm realizing I serve an audience of one. And even if people don't see my value, it doesn't mean I didn't have value. And my worth is not up for debate. It was settled on the cross. Someone was worth or saw me as worth dying for. So I have worth even if a stupid boy doesn't think I do. And so, that, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? I'm over here like, say it louder, say it louder. <laughs> I love every bit of it. So that's so interesting though. You know, we say that words have power and they certainly do. But my word, this third grade boy said not even a word, bludgy, right? <laughs> <laughs> he made up a word and that, gosh, that, you know, had a lot of power over you and affected you and your third grade self, I'm sure, you know, sorted it through and tried to figure it out. And then you said later in high school, similar snickering because you, you weren't enough in a different way that was a ambiguous definition from the world that changes with the wind. So gosh, I relate to your story so much. I similarly, you know, walked through just self-worth issues and eating disorders. And it's interesting because I, pretty much have always weighed the same amount. Okay, cool. But I've been the same weight, extremely unhealthy and the same weight, extremely healthy, you know? And so I, I think that that's so interesting because the number on the scale, I, I could care less about that. That means nothing. It's how you feel on the inside and the nutrition that you're taking in and how you're feeding your body, how you're making your body rest, how you're moving your body, like all of that has almost nothing to do with the number on the scale. And anyway, so I'm sure you learned all of that about that along the way. Tell me about kind of your turning point and aha moment. Oh, yeah. Like when you asked that question, I, I'm just transported back to this moment in college. I was sitting on the steps outside. I had just finished eating my lunch and it was like windy and I could just see it so clearly. It's like a movie playing in my head and I can just see it. I know what I was wearing and everything. And I just remember thinking, if I don't get help, I'm going to be anorexic at 70. Like nothing is going to change. If if nothing changes, I have to I have to do something different. And I realized like I'm going to ask for help. I acknowledge there's a problem. And I don't, I also, then the next step is healing, deciding that you don't want to stay with that problem. 
And so I always tell people it is so brave and so wise and just such an act of strength when you ask for help. It's not weak at all. And that was one of the hardest things I did at 19 years old was um, book a counseling appointment with a Christian counselor and admit like, I have an eating disorder and I have a problem and I can't deal with it on my own and I don't want this. It just feels like I'm living in a black box with no windows or doors or way out. Like I feel so stuck. I can't I can't stop it. I need some help. And um, yeah, I just, so that was the turning point deciding I have a problem and I don't want it anymore. And I went to counseling and she just, um, oh, she really helped me. And her, it just, my world at that time was so full of anxiety and I was just, so I don't know, there's just so much not good feelings in me and around me. But when I would go to her office, it just felt like this safe place. And she would invite the Holy Spirit into our sessions. And it was just so spirit led our conversations. And it just felt so peaceful. And she just gave me hope. And, and um, the, these mindsets I had, they didn't just come overnight, it, it took some time to get them. So it was going to take some time to unravel some of these, these warped thoughts I had about exercise and food in my body. And so then even later on into my mid 20s, I, I hired an intuitive eating coach, and she helped me um, again, um, just deal with some other some lingering things. I was really I had come a long way in my healing, but there were still some things that were affecting my quality of life. And I was like, again, I don't want to live with these. And I don't think I have to. God purchased full freedom for me on the cross. And so I worked with her and she helped me deal with those last little pieces that I was that I was hanging on to. And so, yeah, that that moment on the steps, though, that is my my definite turning point in my in my food story. That's really cool. And this was just you sitting by yourself kind of having this realization. Yeah, I'm just I'm so like a thinker, like I just think so much and reflect. And so I was just yeah, having this conversation with myself in my head. (laughs) No, but I love that. Because, you know, sometimes we like to think, oh, well, the (laughs) the stars have to align and a comet has to fall from the sky and the earth has to shake and an angel of the Lord. No, maybe (laughs) you just need to be sitting on the steps (laughs) and having a, you know, an introspective thought you like what is where am I going where is this going to end up because right now like you said if nothing changes I'm going to be anorexic at 70 and Mm -hmm. that's not that's not where I want to go with my life and you are smart enough to to get help and I love what you said that that's the bravest thing to do and that's so true I'm Mm -hmm. so proud of you for doing that oh thank you um and how old are you now I am I just turned 29 a few months ago Okay, great. So you had this big changing moment. Um, I guess walk me from there what happened. Yeah, so I I went to counseling for a couple years and um, I really, she helped me a lot. She helped me a lot with the food, but she didn't help me so much with the exercise. I don't think maybe she had as much training with with um, just helping people with exercise. It was literally an, an addiction, an exercise addiction I had. And um, so she helped me with the food piece, but I was exercise was still uh, an idle and a controlling factor in my life. And I just, um, I again, it was just like, I need to wake up and I need to get my workout in first. If I only have time for a workout, I'm going to ditch my time in the Bible. Like it was just becoming like above God in my life. And I would leave family events um, to work out or I wouldn't go to a family event because I'm like, no, that's when I go to the gym or I, I miss some friends' weddings because I'm like, oh, I'm I'm not going to be able to work out if I travel to go to their wedding. Wow. And it was just just a mess. And it, I remember on our honeymoon, I like we got to Mexico and I had planned out every day what workout I was going to do. And in, until I did a workout, I felt so anxious, which is definitely a sign of um, having a disordered relationship with exercise is if you like the thought of missing a day causes so much, so much anxiety, or if you can't get a workout in yet, like you're irritable to be around when it just, it exercise is meant to be joyful and it shouldn't be that it shouldn't cause anxiety or and I wasn't I for two decades I didn't take a rest day I think I maybe took one because I was I had a terrible case of the flu so I had to but like I just literally couldn't get out of bed and if I would have could have got out of bed I'm sure that day I would have done something and so that is what the intuitive eating coach um helped me with because I heard her on a podcast and she mentioned bodybuilding and how she actually had had this 
really warped relationship with exercise and it was affecting her relationships. And when I heard someone say that, I was like, wow, someone else gets it. Because I had heard people talk about eating disorders, but never disordered exercise. And so I contacted her and I said, hey, like, I resonate with your story and you're not there anymore. And like, how did you get out of that place? And so I actually worked with her. And um, man, she just helped me learn the value of rest. And she helped me, again, source my worth correctly that, no, you have worth. Um, on rest days and you have worth on workout days and it's the same amount of worth both days and she just she helped me with that exercise piece so it took God brought different people into my life at different times and but it was a process it really was it took time wow so walked away from an unhealthy relationship with food but then it was kind of later after you were married when you kind of got that healthier relationship with exercise is that right Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm totally Wow. Okay. And now you help others through all of this. I would love to know just, I mean, how you help others. I guess let's first talk about like maybe how you might know you might have an unhealthy relationship with food and or exercise. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, is your relationship with food or exercise or even your body image, if it's affecting the quality of your human relationships, then that's a sign that you can get some help, that it would be actually a good idea to get help. And we sometimes think if I'm not 800 pounds overweight or if I'm not um, like super anorexic and just frail, then I don't need to get help. But I like to use, I heard someone use this analogy once. I can't remember who it was, but she was saying like a broken foot deserves attention and help, but so does a sprained ankle. You don't have to have a full on like broken bone to deserve getting help. Like if it's causing discomfort in your mind or your body, it's really a good idea to get help. So I think that's a good thing for people to know. You don't have to be like, like I was, I have kind of an extreme story, but some people are in the middle where they're, they're still just, their quality of life is not what it could be. It's not free and joyful. And so it's, it's, it's okay to get help, even if you're not where, where my story was at one point. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I'm thinking back at my younger self and I remember I was probably like a senior in high school and, you know, outside appearance would look like, you know, wasn't overweight. I wasn't underweight. I was just, you know, but I remember I would limit myself to 10 grams of fat and I would count it very religiously and I could only have 10 grams of fat a day. And that's not enough for a growing, you know, teenager. And, and plus I, you know, I probably needed to get more of that because I was exercising and stuff like that. And that was just an unhealthy view of the way I, it was just control really. Right. It was just control. And, um, yeah, just the way it was never enough going to the exercise, the way I controlled my eating. So I'm trying to help, I guess, paint the picture of all the different ranges that this could look like with maybe just someone to, to help maybe you, you know, to kind of maybe just help look into your life and help you decide where the better path might be. Hmm. I like to tell people, look at the choices you're making because uh, exercise is a great tool and it can be used in a really healthy way or it can be used in an unhealthy way. Same with um, the scale. You can use it in a healthy way or an yeah. unhealthy way. They're just tools. And so I like to tell them, ask yourself, am I using this in a fear-based way? or for a joy-based reason. And that can help you because the same behavior, it can be healthy or it, it can be unhealthy. And you're the only one who who knows what's going on in your mind. And um, yeah, when I see like before and after pictures, I'm like, I want to see a brain scan of their mind. Did, yes. did those changes uh, make them actually have less like healthy mental health or were they actually feeling better ment- mentally? It's not just about feeling physically better. It's mentally um, we want to feel better too. Yes. And not about how you look, but about how you feel. Yeah. We look at that. Oh, I'm down 10 pant sizes. Cool. But aren't you healthier Mm -hmm. in all, in all states of it? Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. Okay. So you help people kind of, you know, identify how they might need help. And then I guess if you could just walk us through a few scenarios of what common things you see in helping girls and guys, I'm sure walk through getting from an unhealthy view, we'll start with food, an unhealthy view of food and then of food, I'm sorry, and then get to a healthier place. Mm-hmm. So all my sessions are done over the phone and they're not, I, some coaches will have like a cookie cutter kind of program where they take people through like the same session um, that they've taken other clients through. But I find that everyone has such a unique food story is what I call it, that I have to customize it very uh, just tailored to their struggles with food, their different mindsets, the lies that they're believing about their worth or, or food. And um, 
So I do like a free call with them and I like kind of see where they're at and where they want to be. And then I honestly, I go for a prayer walk in the park with God and I'm like, okay, you know this client way better than me. Like, what should I tell her in her first session with me, her first paid session? And I literally plan those sessions with the wisdom of God. And then when I have a session with them, like I'll write down this outline, all these things that God has given me through that like business meeting with him. And then I just teach the concepts to the client. And I sometimes will create a workbook for them. But a lot of it is is changing their mindset. And I work a lot with food fears. People have a lot of fear about fat and carbohydrates. And I just teach them um, the value of those things that actually fat, let's reframe it when you see fat. Um, it, it's fat isn't going to make you fat. It's, it's, it's just things, anything in excess is going to cause weight gain, whether it was kale or it was cheese. Yeah. And I just say, let's reframe fat and let's look at the positives. It actually causes like a lot of flavor in food and it's going to cre- create a great texture, that flakiness in like croissants, that's from fat or creaminess in Greek yogurt, that's from fat. Like let's look at all the positives and instead of focusing on like what food um, – just because of the world diet culture, it just focuses so it's so fear based. So I want to do the the counter action to that and the mindset work of like let's reframe it so it's a positive thing and it's not so scary. And we work through um, some clients. I get them to work in the kitchen with their fear foods. Like there's something powerful about just having your hands in some dough if you're afraid of carbs and putting the ingredients into your bread and just seeing this isn't so scary. You're you're literally just ingredients. You're not. You're not that scary. So just giving them activities like that, workbooks, or maybe some some homework in the kitchen. Or sometimes I say, watch a cooking show. It's so healing to watch chefs work with food because chefs talk about food in a really positive way. So if you're struggling with a fear of desserts, um, here's a chocolate YouTube video and just listen to how he talks about chocolate in such a beautiful way. So does that kind of paint a picture? Yes. I I love everything you're saying. And I I know this is what I needed when I was younger. So I'm curious too, I I would have told you fear. I mean, I'm sorry, fear, fear and food. They go together sometimes, right? I did have a fear of food. So you know, that was maybe my 40 and slip, but there, there's this mentality of living to eat versus eating to live. Right. And understanding that, that food is a tool and it's nutrition and it's fuel for our body. And an avocado with healthy fats is so good for you. And, you know, food with pronounceable ingredients, all of that nutrition is, is again, fuel for your body versus, reduce fat Cheez-Its that (laughs) don't necessarily have much fuel, don't have much nutritional value, maybe not in a lot of calories, but you're not doing really your body any favors by that and a Diet Coke. So like just reframing the the mindset of nutrition and eating to live. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to talk to people about the roles of food, that uh, food, it is to nourish us, like provide nutrients and energy, but it also is one of the roles is pleasure and that's okay. We just don't want to always pick food for pleasure. Um, But like nourishing foods can be pleasurable as well. But I think a lot of women that work with me, they're ashamed that they enjoy food. And, and the Bible says in first Timothy that he's given us all things, to enjoy and that includes food and when we're enjoying like a a good cupcake or like or even some steamed broccoli that makes god happy he gave us taste buds for a reason and he loves us more than plants i like to say like he only gave them water and sunlight but he gave us taste buds and so it's just learning to um like health is the sum of our behaviors over time and some people are like oh i'm i'm unhealthy i'm using creamer in my coffee and it's i like to say like well you didn't actually lose your health cuz you used a non nutrient dense food it's achieved yeah. over time and people just are so afraid of if i miss a workout or if i eat that food that's not nutrient dense i'm going to lose my health or fitness but it's really you have to you you can't tell if someone's healthy by looking at them um you you literally have to like stalk them for three months and look at their habits over time to see um what are they what are they um what's their spiritual health like what's their mental health like what is their physical activity like what's their food habits like is it balanced over time so there's power in that zoom out and we like to just zoom in onto one ingredient or one meal so i think Satan is so about extremes whenever there's that extreme voice in your head um, about exercise or food 
that is not from the Lord. The Lord is all about balance because where, where there's balance, there's joy. And that's one of the fruit of the spirit is, is, is joy. So that, yeah, that, that's how I like to kind of look at that. I love all of this. And by the way, I think it's the most incredible thing ever that you prayer walk around um, the park with God to, before you have a new client. Like, can I steal that before I do mentoring with a new student? <laughs> do it. It'll change your coaching. It. He. I like to. I just told a client the other day. We had just ended this super powerful session, and I said, "Man, like God is the best health and life coach ever. Like all this stuff, like that you've been helped by today. Give Him glory. That was not me. I'm just the mouthpiece. Like He downloaded it to me and." We don't know what people need to hear, but when we're connected to the vine, he just has so much wisdom and he knows exactly what that person needs to hear and how to say it. And so, yeah, invite him in. It's just like, it's incredible. Oh my gosh, you're my favorite. <laughs> um, I'm curious if you heard anything about this. This is new to me, but we often think about, like you were just talking about how we feel, oh my gosh, if I eat this wrong thing or don't exercise, then you feel like you're off the wagon, which is completely untrue because it's more of a, you know, holistic lifetime really, or at least a, a more zoomed out view. It's not just about one day or one hour. It's a, it's um, a lifestyle. So I have heard it said that a lot of time that thinking comes from um, usually a men's, a man's cycle is from like sun up to sundown, like one day, but women are more on a 28 day monthly cycle, which makes sense. Right. But it, I, I thought that was so fascinating because it comes to all of our life. People think like, um, you know, oh, the volunteer activities and the, the, all the things we have on our plates, right? We, we try and put it all in one day, but that's ridiculous. We have an entire month to put all of those activities in. And as it relates to food, we often think, oh my gosh, I have to eat all of the nutrition, all of the rainbow and exercise and blah, 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 all from sunup to sundown. No, you don't. You have a cycle. I'm, I'm curious if you've heard anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, no wonder we feel so different as women on different days or weeks of the month because our hormone levels are so different day to day. And so, um, yeah, I like like sometimes um, when I'm the week of my period, I don't like to do super intense workouts because I'm just really tired and it's because my body is actually doing a lot when I have my period you don't think that but it's actually doing something and requiring energy that it doesn't always have to do and so I choose like gentler movement during that time of the month and and just um yeah just being really aware how your body changes throughout the month and then honoring that and being okay if today something else feels better for movement than maybe did a different week or day or maybe I know the world is like, stay away from your cravings. Like they're going to lead you wrong. But our cravings are actually like guideposts, like billboard signs of sometimes yeah. what we really need. And when we put restrictions on ourselves, we kind of create these false cravings of like, oh, I'm craving this, but you're actually just want it because you told yourself you couldn't. And when you give yourself permission to eat what sounds good in the moment, you'll be surprised that your body is actually wired by God to crave balance, nutrient-dense food, but fun foods too. That's how we label them in our house in the positive tense, both of those, instead of like healthy and unhealthy. But um, yeah, so definitely just, it's okay if today looks different than yesterday in terms of how your workout felt or like what or how your hunger levels even, they change day to day and that's okay. It's okay to eat less today or more than you did yesterday. And it's we're just different every day and different doesn't mean bad. It just means different. And the world kind of wants you to like be perfect and the same every day. And because diets, they're, they're like eat the same amount of calories every day. It kind of gives us that message and always work out this way for this long every day. But we're different hum human beings. That's God. That's God's creativity just made us different, and let's let's honor that. Yes, yes. So first of all, I'm hearing I'm hearing the theme of grace mm. as it relates to what you teach. That it's not a bunch of laws. It's not a bunch of checklists. It's not a bunch of well, it works for this person, so therefore it should work for every person. It, it is grace and listening to your body, and I and I love that you teach that and have found that to be the way it works because that's also how God works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. 
I hope you're loving this conversation with Nyla as much as I am. She's so talented and gifted in what she does. And I'm so excited to announce that she is offering our Truth For Your 20s listeners a discount. So if you go to her website and book a free call, the free call helps you understand what it would mean to work with her. She can help you with some of your biggest struggles, whether that's body image or food or fitness. And that free call will leave you with a lot of tools. But also if you continue to book a coaching package with her, tell her that you heard about her from Truth For Your 20s, and she's going to give you $25 off your package. So head to nutritionwithnyla.org or look her up on Instagram, nutritionwithnyla, book your free call, and tell her you heard about it through the Truth For Your 20s podcast. So you also talk about intuitive eating, and that's kind of alluding to that with the grace-based mindset, I guess you could say. But just listening to your body, as you said a second ago, that when you give yourself permission to lean into those cravings and just, um, you know, being aware when your, your body, you know, cycling and your hormones are up or down, like it's okay that you crave chocolate today. It's okay that you have more energy today and tomorrow or whatever. And so talk to us about listening to your body and how that relates. Mm -hmm. It's a skill. It honestly is a skill learning your body cues and knowing what they mean. And we actually are born um, intuitive eaters. If you watch a kid, a, a baby or a toddler, how they eat, it's beautiful. It's so free. And I think that's how God wants us to eat. They eat when they're hungry. They stop when they're full. They um, Food is not consuming their lives. Like when they're hungry, they're at the table. But then when they're done, they're like, can I go play outside? They eat the foods that sound good. And then they don't want to eat. They turn their noses up at the ones that they just don't like. And maybe one day they eat like so many blueberries. And then the next day they eat eat so many scrambled eggs and then the next day they like eat they're all about the crackers but like when we zoom out it's actually so balanced and I just I honestly think Adam and Eve they were like that in the Garden of Eden there were no food rules or diets yeah. like there was none of that it was just but there were body cues because God put our body cues in us like hunger and fullness and tiredness and soreness he put that in us body wisdom because he wanted us to have this like thing that went with us wherever we want, went um, to help us make decisions of when to eat, what to eat, how much to eat, um, how long to move or, or how to move our body. So it's, it's a skill and it does take time because even though you were born with it, the world, like diet culture, it can really um, tell you to ignore those things. But just because you've maybe been out of tune of your body cues doesn't mean that you can you can get it back or that you can't get it back, I mean. Um, so my first, I guess I would just tell someone like just take some quiet time, just not in a noisy room, find just a quiet place and just do a scan of your body and just see how is it feeling? Is your tummy feeling a little empty? Like what does hunger feel like for your body? It might be different than what it feels like in my body or or how do you experience tiredness? What does that feel like in your body or or like thirst, just just tuning into, just taking some quiet time. And um, it's all about observation and observing what your body feels like and what those cues are asking for. And then building that trust with your body, like, oh, it's asking for some water. So I'm going to drink some. And then you're building that teamwork and you're both seeing that you're both trustworthy sources. You're a team, you're not enemies. So um, does that answer yes. some of your questions? <laughs> I love everything that you're saying. Everyone needs to work with Nilo. You're amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I heard it said one time, and I thought this was brilliant, that you know sometimes people ignore if their body is telling them that they're hungry. But you wouldn't ignore your body if it says you need to use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So if you're hungry, eat. And you know, depending on cravings and stuff like that, and I'm sure that for me, I know I used to eat a bunch of junk food and um, those sugar cravings are addictive, I would say. And I would crave more and more sugar the more and more of a ha I had. And so obviously giving your body something nutrition is, is probably good, but I'm not here to say like you have to have a kale salad every time you get hungry. <laughs> like, yeah, but giving your body nutrition when you are hungry, not ignoring it is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And the world teaches us that there's certain times on the clock that are okay to eat. And if you don't, yeah. if you're eating outside of those times, then it's wrong. And so there can be a lot of guilt. And I know that's what I did for many years. I was not honoring my hunger. And that, that's one of the principles of intuitive eating. There's 10 principles. And this this is an approach to eating that's been created about 25 years ago by two dietitians. And there's lots of scientific studies on it. And it's taught at universities and stuff too. So it's pretty cool. And um 
But yeah, I was, if it set a certain time on the clock that wasn't like one of my, my okay eating windows, I would just make myself go hungry. And it's like, you're not allowed to eat right now. And that was not honoring God with my body and how I was taking care of it. And like, there's two of us in this body, there's me and the Holy Spirit. And so I wasn't really making it a happy place to live for either of us. And um, that's something that my intuitive eating coach, she worked a lot with me on exercise mindsets, but she also helped me. I had a fear over eating in the evenings. I would sometimes get hungry after supper, but I would still go to bed hungry because I'm like, no, they, people say, I even heard a pastor, a couple pastors on during sermons say like, oh yeah, we don't eat after six. Like the kitchen is closed. Like there can sometimes be a little bit of diet culture sneaking in to even like the church. And, yeah. um, but she helped me really. She told me, Nyla, this she was like connected to God too. And she's like, I feel like I'm supposed to say this to you. She said, you can trust your body cues because you can trust the one who put them in you. And nothing bad is going to happen if you eat when you're hungry at night. Nothing, only good things. And she had me like write out the good things that happened when I ate, when I was hungry before bed. And it was, you know what? I, I can get to sleep a lot faster because I'm not distracted by hunger. I stay asleep because I'm not waking up so hungry. I'm not hangry to be around with my husband yeah. and just listing all the benefits of of eating when hungry instead of focusing on like, oh, what if I gain 500 pounds by, by eating the snack? And it's like, well, that's not rational. That's not actually going to happen. But there's just a lot of fear put in us around eating and looking to the clock rather than ourselves of when when we should eat. So that just came up when you were when you were talking about no, that. No, I love that. Yeah, it's golly, our culture is definitely confused this subject to say the least. And you know, you have to eat at this time and you have to eat this and healthy. The word healthy is even confusing. <laughs> I remember um a relative who will remain nameless. <laughs> was very kind and we went to visit and was trying to get me health food. And there was, um, she knew I like guacamole anyways. And it, there was, I looked at the ingredient list of this guacamole. Avocados were nowhere to be found. <laughs> I'm like, how do you have guacamole? It was just like modified food starch and food dye. It was just like, I don't even know what the heck it was. Um, but anyway, I don't know where I got off on that, but the point being is, and this was labeled health food. And so we have this stuff made up in a lab set as health food. And we have this, you can only eat at this time. And we applaud people who wear a size two, but does any of that even make sense? And is that even any of that healthy? You know, if you take a step back, a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I just, again, just focus on how are these habits, these practices that I'm doing, how's it making me feel instead mm -hmm. of how's it making me look? Cause there's way too much emphasis on the looks on the look department in our world. So how's that making me feel? And if you determine like, mm, I didn't really like how that food made me feel, or maybe I ate not enough, or maybe I ate too much today. Um, just again, just it's grace space. So have no judgment for yourself and just be like, hmm, okay, uh, how could I tweak that next time? Just it's all about observing and then learning. Oh, I love that. Observing and then learning. Yeah. And like you said, listening to your body. I found that that was such a journey for myself, just listening to my body. Um, and yeah, you just start to learn that, oh, you know what? My body's craving this probably because I, I'm i low on that nutrition or whatever it may be, or my body is craving something else. And just your body is an incredible tool. Like you said, I love that you also said there's two of us in your body, your holy, the Holy Spirit and making room and making it a healthy place for both of you. That is brilliant. <laughs> mm -hmm. It just, it can make it easier when you, when you look at your health choices or your wellness choices, when you're, when you're realizing it's kind of like a pregnant woman, like when there's another being being like created in you, you're not just thinking about you. And I do hear some pregnant women say like they, that was when they ate like the most balanced way and they were moving the most consistently. And they were also like being really aware of how movement was making them feel and they were resting when they needed to. And so it's kind of just that same concept, but with the Holy Spirit, like, right. My, my choices, like um, it, it doesn't affect his body like it would affect a baby, but it affects his ability to use me. And like, um, just if I don't take care of my body, then I might be not able to do some God assignments that he had planned for me. And that would be really sad to miss out on that. Uh, you're my favorite. Okay. <laughs> talk to me about exercise. I know we talked a lot about food and I'm sure a lot of the things are similar, but 
this has also become very confused in our culture and going to the gym can become an obsession, an obsession or a dirty word like, Oh, please don't make me go to the gym <laughs> or somewhere in the middle. And you know, a healthy way to move your body and to feel stronger. So yeah. Tell me about your exercise journey and, and how you coach your clients through that. Yeah, so I got in I used to be a bookworm like my siblings. I'm the youngest of three and my siblings were the athletic ones in my family and I was not interested in moving. I'd rather like give me a book. I'd rather just read and but then when I was healing from some of the food struggles that I was having, I was noticing my body was changing and I was just it was partly let's start exercising cuz that that's healthy, right? But also I think it was like ah these body changes are a little like uncomfortable. Let's I think exercise might be another way to control if I'm giving up control of eating, maybe I'll grab some control of exercise. It was kind of about body control instead of um, body care, which is what I'm all about now. But um, so I started just exercising once a day. And then I started exercising like 10 minutes a day and then then 20 and just like then 30. And then I just kept going and going until it became like a drug. And I was literally exercising like three to five hours a day, rewinding, um, like the hardest parts of workout videos and doing them over and over and going back to back to the fitness classes at the gym. And just, I was a fitness instructor too. So I was sometimes teaching three classes a day at the gym wow. and I was training for marathons and like, it just became again, just there's this idol, this God in my life. And, um, I realized, I don't think this is, this is okay. And no one came up to me and said, like, I think you, you have an issue because the world will praise exercise. Like the more, the better. They said things like, wow, she has so much willpower. Like, oh, she's going to the gym again. And like, wow. And so it's tricky with exercise. I think eating can, it's easier to spot when someone has a struggle with eating. It can be difficult, but I think it's easier than exercise. Cause again, the it just, I don't know. It's a little tricky. And I, because yeah, I was being praised and what yeah. gets rewarded gets repeated. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've never heard that quote before, but that that's totally what it was. So um, yeah, I worked with that coach though. Cause I was like, this is not good. Like um, I had worked a little bit on my own and I had toned it back down. So I was, um, I had, I was working out for like an hour a day, but it was like, oh, it has to be hardcore and it has to be an hour every day. And it still just felt like I was chained to a workout schedule and I'd feel bad if I didn't follow the schedule perfectly. And I was just affecting my marriage. And um, so I just, yeah, I had, I was like, I need some, I, there's some mindset pieces here that have to have to go. They're not serving me. They're really hindering my life. And um, yeah, she just helped me again, learn like different doesn't mean worse. Um, it just, it's just, it's just different. So I learned to that, see the value of any movement, even stretching counts, you can go for a 15 minute walk that counts. You can take rest days, foam rolling. And I just had this hierarchy in my mind, I think because of the world that like running or hit, that's like better. And you have more worth when you do those. And I was just, and I'm learning that's so wrong. All movement counts and benefits your body. And again, your worth, how you move your body has nothing to do with your worth. I, God gave me this imagery when I was on a client call um, the other day with a lady and it was a picture of a vault and it's just this like really heavily guarded vault and like there's this glowing thing inside of it and that's symbolizing like our God-given worth and it's just so this vault nothing can touch it nothing can get inside of it it's so heavily guarded and sealed with the blood of Jesus and so that was just a God-given vision that God gave me and so that really helps my clients when I share that with them just your food choices, your exercise choices, it can't get into that vault where your worth is. It's just sealed with the blood of Jesus. And it just, the world will tell you, Satan will try to tell you, like source your worth from here, source your value, your identity from here. But that's so dangerous to do. And um, yeah, our worth is just this fixed amount that it, nothing can change it. No choice you make today. Mm, girl, preach. <laughs> I wonder if you can talk to, um, obviously, I feel like there's so many different ways you can be as it relates to this conversation, right? I feel like someone's going to identify in one way or another with something, right? Um, we have all of us, I think. <laughs> if we have lived uh, this life at least a, a few years, you've had some kind of unhealthy view of eating or, or your body or exercise or whatever it is. So maybe just taking two um, different ways of looking at this and maybe what you could say to the listener. So 
I guess for, perhaps we could start with um, a girl who isn't really into exercise, hasn't really explored that yet, doesn't really understand nutrition, but interested in learning more, obviously very confused about the messages from our culture, maybe just how to start to listen and to maybe just fuel her body um, and understand what she might need to find her best health. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think for the nutrition piece, it can – like intuitive eating, it's um, it's not anti-health. Some people think it's just eat whatever you want, eat pizza for the rest of your life and no vegetables or anything. But um, it it's learning to give yourself permission to eat any food and celebrating all foods, but it's also learning to observe what foods make you feel the way you want to feel. So I would um, – something that I did early on was just um, – trying to incorporate different food groups in my meals, like trying to get two to three different food groups in a meal. It looks really pretty on the plate, but then just realizing like that really makes me feel good. It's not this hard and fast rule. Like sometimes maybe you just have carbs at a meal, but I would just say experiment with trying to have different food groups at your meals and snacks and just seeing how that makes you feel. It's not about macro counting. Just just count the count your food groups and just see if you like how that makes you feel and really get to know yourself and your preferences. Like, do you actually like cauliflower or are you just eating it because someone told you that you should? And just getting to know your preferences and owning those preferences. And if you don't like broccoli, you never have to eat broccoli again. Like God's given us different foods that have the same nutrients that broccoli does. So just yeah, experimenting and having fun getting to know yourself would be where I would say to start. And for movement, if you're like, I should walk, but I'm not sure what to do, ask yourself, what did you like doing when you're a kid? And rollerblading, that counts. Jumping rope, that counts. Chasing your dog in the park, like that counts. And um, just think about like what, when you kind of do like a mental flip through your mind, if there's like just like if you have like a scrapbook in your mind of all these like different exercise types and you're like flopping, flopping, not flopping, flipping through it. And what page would you stop at? Would you stop at the um, the skiing page, the cross country skiing or swimming? Or would it be like a weightlifting class? Like what? It's just like you're at a, a restaurant. What item, exercise item kind of is like, ooh, that kind of sounds fun because we want when exercise is joyful, you're going to be consistent with it. And that's, we want you to be consistent so that you're reaping the benefits of it long-term. So those are the places that I would tell um, that listener to start. This is such great advice. Yeah. I listened to Annie F. Downs. She she talked about how she was like, oh, exercise never, ever, ever. Like, (laughs) please don't make me. But then she started doing these dance classes and it was so fun. And she got to like dance and have fun with her friends and bonus, it happened to be exercise. So yeah, just finding what you like. I, um, do you know what body pump classes are? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. So in case you're listening and don't know, it's essentially you're doing weight reps to the beat of a song. And Um, the gym I go to now doesn't have that, but I loved it so much at our old gym. I'll just listen to my playlist of like songs that I like and do. So my favorite, you'll love this, you know, um, Sean Mendez stitches. Uh (laughs) I do that to reps with my biceps. You guys, it is so fun. (laughs) It's so easy too. like the beat is just perfect for it. I promise. Try it at the gym with some dumbbells. You're going to have fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, music makes a huge difference. Maybe difference. You maybe, maybe you don't like running, but then you have like this super upbeat playlist and it just running becomes fun because it music got it's a gift from the Lord music. It really is. Yes. Oh, so true. And I can run a lot faster listening to some Alicia Keys. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so maybe someone in a completely different mindset that kind of like you was just obsessed with exercising and you're like, what kind of step on our toes? She's like, oh, I didn't want to admit that I was so obsessed with this, but you know, maybe I need to have a healthier view on how I view food food and exercise, like what would you say to her to kind of start having a healthier view on all of that? I think I would first say do like a an Instagram audit and where are you getting these messages from? Like what people are maybe this in the same boat as you and you really got to do like a cleanse of your Instagram. And um, so intentionally unfollow some people, but then intentionally follow some people who are the way around food and exercise that you want to be someday. And that will make a huge difference. And also just asking yourself, um, do may, should I maybe get some outside help? Cause um, 
it can be helpful to really just have someone else to spot things that you can't really see. Like I have my own um, business coach and um, I, I do help people with business, but for my own business, I just, we have blinders on. So ask yourself, maybe could I get another set of eyes on this? Like someone that might be able to see it from a different perspective. And um, cause I know that can be really helpful and that can just, it doesn't have to be um, like a health coach like me. It could be just someone in your life that you just want to have a co- one-time conversation with that. You're like, Hey, I really like the way you act around food and the way you talk about your body and exercise. Like, could we just talk about how you like your mindset around that stuff and just get wisdom from people? And so, yeah, just being honest, is it, is it time to kind of just get some outside help? Oh, this is such good advice. Nyla, you're incredible. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I want to ask you a million more questions, but do you have anything else that I might have left off or anything? Um, I know you talk a lot about dating. So I guess I would just say that just because like boys, sometimes they can put a lot of like emphasis on how you look like, oh, she's hot or like whatever. Um, don't don't settle for that kind of boy. I know that we've talked about this before when we were talking before, but like when I was dating someone, my first boyfriend, like he was all about like, you're so beautiful. You're so pretty. And like, oh, wow, you're a yoga instructor. Like, oh, my friends are going to be so jealous. And he just like talked about my body a lot. And at first I thought like, that's awesome. Like I'm beautiful. I've arrived. Like, where's that grade three boy? Like you you should hear like this <laughs> Show boy. Him now. Yeah. Like, and, but I just, I was like that praise of my body. It was making me kind of blind to all these other crappy qualities of that boy. And I just thought like, this is as good as it's going to get. So I just will kind of ignore some of those things that aren't so good. And I guess to sum it up, it's actually a guy who doesn't talk about your body. I find that those are the better guys. Like my husband, he doesn't often comment on my appearance. And at first I thought that was weird. And then he's like, but I don't want you to feel like you're not beautiful to me on some days. Like you're, you're my wife and you're beautiful, not because of your body, but because of like you're in your body, like your personality and your heart. And I don't want to say you look beautiful today because I think you look that way all the time. And so just just, yeah, look for the boys who don't comment on your body so much because those ones actually have, I find they have the most genuine and sweet heart. And those are the ones that you're going to want to be with over my crappy first boyfriend who was always talking about my body. Cause that reinforced like my looks make me lovable when that's such a wrong mm. thing. We're just love because it says Jesus loved the world and it doesn't have any conditions attached to that. It says for God to love the world. And it's like, that's it. There's no conditions. It's not true love if there's conditions attached. So that is just one of, I wanted to say that piece. Well, I'm so glad you did. And I was curious, you know, you said that part of your healing journey, the exercise part was after you were already married. So um, obviously it sounds like you have a wonderful and supportive husband, but um, what was that like for you guys? Um, Like the, before I had like kind of got better in marriage? Well, yeah, I guess just like how, yeah, him, him walking with you during all that process. Oh, it was so hard for him. And I remember one day, we've been married um, four and a half years now. And I remember one day in our early years of marriage, like we're still early, but like early, early, like newlywed kind of stage. And I remember him saying like, your, your issues with exercise and body image and some of the food stuff was starting to creep in a little too again. And he was like, that's like our biggest issue in marriage. I don't know if you realize that, but it affects me so much. And he was saying like, I don't know how to help you when you're being so mean to yourself. Like, I hate seeing someone bully my wife and you're bullying my wife. Like you're bullying yourself. And it was so hard for him. And I didn't realize how much my relationship with food and exercise really affected others. I thought it's like, it's my thing. It's my thing. But it it really hurt him. And he like, they don't want to see their loved ones being um, being harmed. And we're really harming ourselves. And eating disorders, it's a mental, it's a mental health issue. And um, so it, it, but he has been like, God really wanted me with, his name is Mark. And he really wanted me with Mark because Mark is so, um, he, he doesn't have any history with disordered eating or exercise. So he has been so healing to just observe how he is around food. And he really supported me like getting help. And he would like listen to me talk about like, oh, she taught me this in my session, my intuitive eating coach. And um, so I would just encourage people look around for the people in your circle who feel who seems like, quote unquote, like normal around food. It just is like, it doesn't control them and just watch them the way they talk about their food and their body and how they choose to move. And 
it's so healing, but it, it definitely, um, it was so hard on my husband before I decided to get that help with that intuitive eating coach. And, um, yeah, cause when you're married, your, your problems become their problems in a way, cause they're having to deal with the, the consequences of you with those struggles. So if you don't, if you don't go and reach out for help, it's, it's going to keep affecting them. Yeah, for sure. We like to think that, you know, this is my problem and it's not going to affect anyone, but if you are loved by someone, it affects them. Mm-hmm. And um, I love what you said about how he was kind of, you know, defensive of like, you are, you're hurting, you're bullying yourself. I think that's the way you put mm-hmm. it. And I, I love that. I remember talking with a friend one time and um, she was just so down on herself, like, oh, I'm such an idiot, blah, blah. And I said, don't talk about my friend, Sarah, that way. Mm-hmm. Like her name was Sarah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't talk about yourself that way. You were my friend and you were bullying yourself and I won't, I won't handle it. And that's kind of like, you know, your husband coming to your defense as, as he should, which is so kind, but the ironic part is you were the one beating yourself up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes even now, like sometimes, sometimes I have these like weird thoughts about food and exercise still, but the, the difference now is that I don't act upon them. They might come, but I'll like renounce them and be like, no, that's not true. But sometimes I need some help knowing how to renounce them. Like I have a lot of truth inventory stored up, but sometimes um, I'm not sure what to say. So I'll say, okay, Mark, I'm, I'm having this thought about food and I, I don't think it's true. Like, is this a crazy thought? And he'll be like, yeah, that's not true. And then I'll say, okay, like, um, what do you think? Like, I was, I've, I'm saying this to it like this because truth will set you free. So I'm like, I've been speaking this over it, but do you have any other ideas? Like, because he's like such a normal eater. And so I'm like, what would you speak over this thought? And he'll he'll give me some ideas that, again, is from a different perspective. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good thing to speak over that. And then I'll speak that. I'll declare it over myself and over my mind And because um, there's power in our words. So, yeah, just it's a beautiful partnership. It really is. That's good. And what you said, like bringing it into the light, because if you're having these thoughts that can become quickly very irrational thoughts, but if you leave them in your brain and they stir around in the darkness, mm-hmm. they can become crazy thoughts. So I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's true. My husband and I talk about that so often. Like if you say out loud the crazy thing that you're fearing, it sounds it like it loses its claws, you know, mm-hmm. when you bring it out into the light and you, you share it with someone else, then you're like, oh yeah, that's probably kind of irrational. Mm-hmm. That probably doesn't make any sense. And it, it just makes you feel better. Yeah. And I love what you said. Like there's such power in quickly like don't let it hang out there don't let it like pitch a tent and like stay there for a while there's such power and quickly um saying like whoa I don't want you (laughs) that's that's not going to hang out in there because that's destructive when you leave a negative like a really toxic food or body image thought in there you're it's just it's gotta go quick so I like to tell my clients like um yeah as soon as you like identify like a weird like a disordered eating or food thought or exercise or whatever, or body image thing, if it's feeling toxic or like extreme or negative, it's causing fear in you or anxiety, quickly speak the truth to it. And if you don't know the truth, then ask someone who who will be able to speak truth over that. It's so power and quickly addressing that so it doesn't, like I said, like take up residence and start doing like some crazy damage. Preach. I love this. Um, Nyla, you are a wealth of information and I'm already kind of having a girl crush on you right now because (laughs) your advice is golden. I know that everyone is going to love this episode, um, but you know, I'm not going to let you leave without asking if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? Oh, I feel like I would tell her it's going to get better the way you are right now. It's not going to be forever. And all this hard work that you're doing, it's going to pay off all this uncomfortable like time squirming on the counselor's couch, like sharing your soul with some like person, it, it's it's gonna pay off and it's gonna be this. I was so afraid of health, like or or like getting healthy. Like I was almost okay with like partial freedom. Like okay, I've healed a bit, but like I'm I'm comfortable here. Like I'll just stay chained a little bit because it's too scary to keep going further. So I would tell her. This side of healthy is so much better. Like you want that full freedom because I was afraid that what that meant. I thought like, oh, full freedom. I had a fear of like, it's going to mean I'm a thousand pounds. It's going to mean that no one's going to love me. It's going to mean that I never work out again or never eat another vegetable. And it's not that. I would just tell her like, it's it's so worth it. It's so much better. And it's not all those things. It's balance and it's freedom. And you like run here. Don't hesitate. Run here. It's so much better. Oh, you're making me smile from ear to ear. I'm just picturing this girl running through the wildflowers, like announcing freedom, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
freedom and in love with the skin that you're in because you are a beautiful being, as you said, created in the image of God. And I love how you have learned to love that beautiful being that you are in and teaching other women to do the same. So I'm over here cheering you on, sister. Mm-hmm. And I so feel like this has been such like a spirit-led conversation and we had like some technical difficulties yeah. getting it started. And I just feel like Satan doesn't want this message going out because where, where there's freedom, like – Oh, like God can work in us so much better and use us in so much better ways when we're not distracted by food and exercise and body image. So I just feel like some of your listeners are going to experience like some freedom and then and Satan, like he can totally use like Zoom and like try to mess up technology. And so I think he didn't want this conversation to happen. Get behind me, Satan, because this is going out on the interwebs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ah, so much fun having you. Tell everyone where they can find more about you and all of your good stuff. Yeah, I hang out mostly on Instagram, so you can find me there, Nutrition with Nyla. I'm active a lot on the stories there, and I just started a podcast. It's called Her Holy Hustle Podcast, and it's for Christian entrepreneurs and how they can run their business um, at a peaceful pace with God, so that's Holy Hustle. But I also am bringing in like intuitive eating even onto that podcast too and how it how it can work in like with self-care for business owners and stuff like that. So those are the two different places that I, um, yeah, you can find me and hang out with me virtually. And they can find out more about coaching and stuff through your Instagram? Mm-hmm, yeah, the, the little like link in the bio thing will take them to a landing page where they can get information on that. Perfect. Ah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Everything I do started with having coffee dates with my younger friends. And this podcast I like to imagine is just that, you and I having a coffee date. And if it went by too quickly for anyone else besides just me, there are plenty more episodes to check out in the archive. So just scroll up, find a topic that suits your fancy, and give it a listen. If an episode made a difference in your life, take a screenshot, share it on social, give me a tag at Katie Wilmer Life so I can give you a big virtual hug. And leaving those reviews on iTunes it is a chai tea latte to my soul to see your reviews. And thank you so much for each of you who keep coming back week after week and getting some truths for your 20s. Hi, I'm Hannah. Thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. And my work here is done. <laughs>